can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. My name is Mike Connors, and as always, I have uh, my co-host, through the holonet, Christian Buckley. How are you, my man? I'm doing well, Mike. It has been a minute since we've convened through the holonet and spoken out to the galaxy. Yes. But yes, it, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been. I, I just had Spotify pulled up, so I could have seen the exact episode. But I think the last episode that came out was like early October, it seems, because I've been traveling. Schedules have been all over the place. I got a job. So it's been pretty. Yes. Pretty Congratulations, Christian. Good Thank stuff. You. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think I've said it on Jedi Knights yet, but I am the social lead for Tech Raptor, the website you may or may not have heard of. Uh at TechRaptor on Twitter. Those are my tweets. Check them out. There you go. You haven't heard of it yet? You soon will be because Christian's taking over the world here. Absolutely, <laughs> Mike. But how, are you, how are you doing? Pretty good, man. Uh, congratulations on, on the new gig. Sounds awesome. Uh, I've been just chilling, uh, you know, doing doing some, you know, the regular stuff in my life, but also been keeping my ear to the ground when it comes to Star Wars and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We, uh, you know, there's been some... Some pretty good episodes of Andor that we'll be talking about later on today. Uh, we're going to catch up to episode 10 uh, later on. Uh, you know, Tales of the Jedi came out. We'll talk about that next week. Um, so I've just been, you know, I've been consuming, man. <laughs> but it's all good. Um, and yeah, it's just been it's just been good, man. Very nice. Yeah, I know you've also mentioned to me that you're doing a replay of Knights of the Old Republic right now. How's that going? Oh, very true. Very true. I, I have been replaying that game i'm playing it on switch mm-hmm. uh honestly a pretty good port for what it's worth mm-hmm. um i like the i like the portability of it there's something fun about just like you know playing knights hill republic like in my bed mm-hmm. <laughs> um which is like pretty awesome so yeah man uh just been doing that um been loving it and yeah when was the last time you played that game uh so i played it for the first time when i was uh in my streamer days in 2021 early and then i did pick up the switch version and i messed around with it a little bit and i was like this is a good version of this game from the first two hours i'm like i can recommend this to people and i did and i don't know if anybody bought it but um it's (laughs) it's fun it's kotor it's like you said a really great way to experience it i love the switch for rpgs like that because yeah like there's something about a long rpg that if it's handheld i'll get through it so much faster and i think it's because i grew up playing pokemon on like handhelds. yeah yeah like it reminds me of like playing yeah i used to play like a bunch of like zelda like on the game boy and mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and i know it's like kind of a different thing but like yeah i remember just like sitting there for hours like exploring and stuff so like it, it's very much I totally agree. I know exactly what you're talking about. For sure, yeah. And that's like uh, like Persona 5 is a game I love. That just came out on Switch, and I'm going to buy it again because it took me a year to play that thing on my PlayStation. But now, handheld, perfect. But yeah, that reminds me, we're coming up on that Fallen Order sequel. I need to do a replay of Fallen Order, man. Uh, it's coming up. Dude, i got to do it. Honestly, I'd be down. I'd be down to do it, too. I... Oh man, that game was so good, and yeah, I only played it through like two times. I think I played it okay. through like that first time. I played it through like again, mm. but 
since then but yeah I, I it's been a while it's been since at least like 2020 <laughs> since i played that game yeah i i've only played it the one time and it was when we initially talked about it on the show with jack when it first came out so yeah yeah and that was on my ps4 pro which was you know you were playing on pc and me and jack were little console plebeians who were having problems walking <laughs> through pagano you know but um yeah <laughs> I'm on that next gen now. Got that next gen version. I will happily play through Fallen Order again in the near future. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> um, well, maybe we should uh, behind the scenes talk about that a little bit more. But mm-hmm. Christian, Christian, why don't we uh, why don't we get into some of the some of the topics for today's episode? We have a lot to discuss. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I think we're gonna we're gonna skip. Uh, from the Jedi archives this week, just because uh, we do have a decent amount to talk about. We'll get back to that next week. Uh, but Christian, it's been 10, 10 whole years. Stop and think 10 years, a whole decade since Disney bought Lucasfilm. That was a milestone that we celebrated while we were away um, sometime. I think it was like late October. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's just crazy to me. I remember where I was when I first heard about that. Me too. Where uh, were you? I was sitting in my basement. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound re- really boring, mm-hmm. but it's it's just a fact. I was sitting in my basement half paying attention to a documentary about like the uh, Super Hadron Collider. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? <laughs> and I was like half paying attention to that while I was like scrolling Twitter back in 2012. <laughs> Uh-huh. And yeah, I saw a tweet come up from like the official Disney account or something about it. And I saw that very same photo, the iconic photo of like mm-hmm. uh, George Lucas and um, was it Iger Bob at the time. Bob, yeah. yeah, Iger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that as well. Uh, the purchase. Um, I want to say it was like. I remember it being like dark out when I heard about it and I think I saw the tweet or maybe it was like on the news or something um and i was like in my family living room and i was like dang i thought star wars was done because we've talked about that before like after revenge of the sith came out and it was clone wars my entire life i was like is it worth liking star wars anymore because like it's over (laughs) you know yeah totally man i i i thought it was done too like Mm -hmm. i thought that yeah like we'll get the occasional like book you know and like a game you know like a game or like you know, uh, like they'll they'll continue doing like children's shows or something like that. But I didn't really think it was anything, like anything was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then it just like came out of nowhere. I just like it wasn't even on the radar. And then like all of a sudden it was. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'll I'll ask you this question, Mike, Star Wars expert. Uh, in our lifetime, Star Wars That's... has been owned by Disney for almost half of it. Right. That math works yep. out. Um, do you think, do you feel that since the purchase, it's been a net positive, it's been about average or a net negative, I guess, in your opinion? Oh my God, dude, net positive, Mm -hmm. net positive, hard positive. People like to give Disney like a lot of shit. This is my opinion, by the way, obviously. I probably agree with what you're about to say, but go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, They, they like to give Disney a lot of shit. And, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, everything Disney has done when it comes to Star Wars is, like, awesome. And, like, have they, quote, unquote, Disney-fied it? Maybe. Like, I don't even really think so. But, like, 
they've created and come out with some great Star Wars stories, some great Star Wars content. And just the mere fact that they've basically resurrected this franchise, I think is a net positive. Because what's life without Star Wars, man? Mm-hmm. It's like literally like one of my favorite, it's literally like my favorite thing ever. So like, I would love to see more stories. I love it. To, I love how like they've totally changed the way we watch it. Like it used to just be like on the big screen, but like they've proven that shows work and everything like that. They've expanded the lore and like, I don't know. I love it. I, I just, I think it's a net positive. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, and I, I think it is also very easy to be cynical about it. And to a certain extent, I see slash understand slash kind of sympathize with the view of like when star wars was started right by lucas it was an indie movie like the original star wars 77 that was an indie film Um, yeah totally and that is absolutely the truth and it like stood for something it had like ideas about things it wanted to say and it was like from a grassroots sort of upbringing of a filmmaker saying this stuff very anti- war anti-capitalism and now it is the biggest franchise in the world or not it's not the biggest franchise in the world you know the mcu exists but it's up there right but i think at the same time it's like the second empire strikes back came out was like the creation of the franchise so like i think disney's commodified it a little bit more to that point where like we're getting it way more frequently so that means we'll have a lot of average stuff, a lot of great stuff, but it's never going to stop. So from that angle, I understand. And I kind of see where people are coming from when they critique it that way. But I think for the actual individual products, and it's weird saying products, I shouldn't have said products, but the like the projects that we've gotten out of it uh, that do have something to say, like what we'll talk about with Andor, uh, the really... I would say groundbreaking Western animation we've seen out of stuff like Clone Wars um, and The Last Jedi. Uh, There's been lots of really great stuff out of this era, so I'm happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I I know what you mean, and I I, I get what you mean by you sympathize with people who, you know, think that way, and and they're totally valid in thinking that way, and honestly, like, I would... I would agree with a lot of the points that they make. Mm-hmm. It's just that for me, like Star Wars is like entertainment. Yeah. And know? it's always been that like, that's what it is. Like, so like the fact that there's more of it, I don't really mind. Like, I, I think that is a net positive. Yeah, man. They sold Jar Jar Binks lollipops. <laughs> like ever dude, since they, then, it's been Disney-fied, if you want to say it. And even dude, the whole commodif- the whole commodification thing, I, I don't even really agree with because like they've been, like George Lucas, yeah, he he literally was like, "You guys can have like to to, um, you know, the studios and stuff." He was like, "You guys can have like basically all the revenue for like, mm-hmm. you know, for like these movies, but I want like all of the merchandise." Mm-hmm. So like he's he's always had an incentive in it. Like he like I don't know. It's just like a thing that's been associated with star wars ever since the first one came out like action figures shit like that yeah so like so i i don't know man i don't know if i really agree with that because disney's just maybe elevated it but it's always been there yeah i think the main difference is that it's just way more consistent right because before it's like new wave of star wars figures didn't like there wasn't a reason for them to release constantly but now 
every quarter right. we got a new project so that means like 10 waves of figures so like i think yeah. we just see it more condensed now and it doesn't bother me i understand why it would bother others but um yeah i get it i get it overall i'm happy i'm happy in this era yeah i just try not to think about it too much like that you know i watch it for mm-hmm. entertainment so yeah. anyways uh it's crazy that 10 years has passed. It makes me feel kind of old. For sure. I remember seeing the uh, the like release of the cast photo on the boy home from school on the bus also when The Force Awakens. Like that black and white table read. It's like Daisy Ridley's playing this character named Ray. John Boy yeah. is playing this character named Finn. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> um, I just remember, I also remember when the um, first... Uh, like teaser trailer for the force awakens came out like mm-hmm. in november thanksgiving like... right i think yeah dude i i don't know it just brought so much joy it continues to bring joy so mm-hmm. anyways um moving on from that let's talk about let's talk about new star wars shows <laughs> uh so the acolyte we've talked a lot about the acolyte here on the show uh the cast has been revealed so this is official this is official from Star Wars, Mr. Star Wars himself. Yes, I, I believe the only official casting we talked about so far is the lead, and that is Amanda Stenberg, and they were in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies recently, which was acclaimed from the people I spoke to about it. But um, yeah, they are the lead, and this is the additional supporting cast and description, right? Yes. Cool. So we got... Uh... So we got, along with Amanda Stenberg, uh, we have Lee Zheng Zhai, I think is how you say it. Okay. Jay. Um, he's from Squid Game. He was the lead in Squid Game. Uh, Manny Jacinto, Daphne Keene, Jody Turner-Smith, Rebecca Henderson. I'm, I'm honestly not familiar with any of these people, so if, stop me if you've heard of them. I need to uh, pull up the article so I can see faces, because I recognize some of the names, but... Yeah. Uh, Charlie Barnett, Dean Charles Chapman, who I am familiar with, and Carrie Ann Moss. Um, who you are absolutely familiar with, right? I mean, I, I not like off the top of my head. Should Michael I? Michael Connors. I, should I be? That is Trinity from The Matrix. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you seen The yeah. Matrix? You've seen it, right? I've seen it. I'm okay. not like that into it, though. Okay. Like, I've only seen the first yeah. one, to be fair. Oh, really? Yeah, but I really love it. But yeah, she she's awesome in that. Okay, well, okay. Trinity and Trinity from The Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dean Charles Chapman, he played Thomas uh, Tom and Baratheon in Game of Thrones. And he was also in 1917, which was great. Okay. Um, I mean, this cast the- seems pretty stacked as far as, like, pulling popular actors from uh, like recently acclaimed projects right because if you're looking at the uh the reference point for all these uh the hate you give slash bodies 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 i've heard great things about both of those squid game was the biggest show of whenever it dropped um his dark materials i've heard good things about that adaptation of like golden compass i think hbo yeah yeah or amazon i'm looking i'm looking at it right now and yeah, this this girl, I think she plays the lead in, in his Dark Materials. I watched the first season of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very good. Yeah, but. and like 
also heard good things about Queen and Slim. Uh, Russian Doll uh, is what Charlie Barnett is from. And I believe Russian Doll, the showrunner, is doing Accolade. So Interesting. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, the, I, this seems like a really good cast, man. I'm excited to see them all play with each other on screen. Yeah, they, they also released a pretty cool photo of uh, Amanda Stenberg and Lee Jung Jae um, behind the scenes on the Accolade, along with uh, Leslie Headland. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a pretty cool photo. They're just like standing, listening to Leslie. Uh, it's cool. Yeah, dude, that's set too. That's a Star Wars hallway right there. Yeah, it's a Star Wars ass looking hallway if I've ever seen it. Um, yeah, so it also gives an updated description here. The Accolade is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. So yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, man. I am so excited for this show. We've talked about it before. Um, I think I, I'm pretty sure we both agreed with the statement. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like when this current slate, like post Mando season two, the slate of shows that were announced, I think we were on the same page of like removing the, the nostalgia hype from Kenobi and or is probably going to be the best one. And Acolyte seems like the most interesting one. And I still stand by that mostly. Yeah, I think, I think you're definitely right. Um, so far, so far, I would say definitely Andor is the best one. Yeah, um, like clears them, I think. But... Yeah, yeah, like far and away the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this does sound the most interesting. I think that is partially because we just don't know as much about it. Which is um, exciting. That is exciting, totally. It, it sounds cool. That's an official description, by the way. Yeah, dude, so like that's... a mystery thriller in Star... Like, yes, that, like, what's everybody's favorite part and. Uh, Please, please go with me on this of Attack of the Clones. What? <laughs> the idea of Obi-Wan going on this journey, like uncovering some hidden secret, right? People liked that oh. idea. We liked that yeah, idea. Yeah, that was, that was great. Okay, now imagine a show of that handled well with a, a good person steering that ship, <laughs> right? Like, hey, man. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah, you don't have to convince me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. I also think it's interesting that this is going to be set in the quote unquote final days of the High Republic era. I think mm-hmm. that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, whole, whole former Padawan reunites with their Jedi Master. Okay, hear me out. That's going to be Amanda Amanda Stenberg and uh, Lee Jung Jae, right? That's got to be. I would imagine if both of them are highlighted in that photo, uh, that would make sense in my opinion, but. You know what's surprisingly lacking here, Mike? Is any semblance, hint, and maybe this is somebody who's been cast, we don't know, but the the Acolyte is a very sinister logo. Uh, we've speculated that this is going to be about a or potentially a pair of Sith Lords slash Lords making moves that begin you know the events that we would see in the prequels so like yeah is there a snoke not sorry a plagueis in play not a snoke is they're going to is it like 
Plagueis' master is the one that we're dealing with here, and then Plagueis takes over by the end of the season, and it's like, okay, look forward to the book about Plagueis and uh, Sidious by Drew Carpetian. He's going to be able to do a canon one. You know, like, is that what this leads towards? I don't know. Do you think Plagueis is at play here? I think so. I think so. I mean, it's... Plagueis is, like, in the canon already, I'm pretty sure. Um, he is yeah i mean like that novel that uh everybody loves talking about that i think drew carpetian wrote um that book was decanonized i think because that came out like right before that purchase a decade ago yeah yeah but i do think like since then they've canonized plagueis right yeah well i mean he's mentioned in revenge of the sith you know right i mean yeah that's true that's true like i don't know how many more details have come out that were like delved into in that novel but um yeah my operating assumption for the acolyte was that it was going to be a story that deals with Plagueis or what led to Plagueis yeah it'll probably be like yeah they're they're like you know uncovering all these crimes investigating them and it leads them to something more you know like the Sith or something like that so Mm -hmm. you're definitely you're definitely on the right track I think I think that's fair fair to assume yeah, because that sounds awesome. So I would really love if that's the the path this show takes. But, yeah, I think I think Plagueis is a distinct possibility for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. If that's what they did. Uh, moving on from that, though, we got news from the Hollywood Reporter, pretty reputable source, about a new Star Wars trilogy by Damon Lindelof. Uh, so Damon Lindelof, he was a producer on the leftovers and also a writer on a lot of these shows too and even showrunner uh leftovers watchmen lost was where he kind of got his like big his big start mm-hmm. um and he's going to be spearheading this with obide shinoi uh, who is notable for recently directing two episodes of ms marvel mm-hmm. uh so yeah pretty interesting stuff uh, Damon Lindelof, according to the Hollywood Reporter, um, all unnamed sources, uh, but they say that they've been doing some, uh, they've been doing like, you know, groups at Lucasfilm to sort of like spitball ideas for the story. Uh, they said uh, that Dave Filoni was potentially at one of those. Um, so, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. It's really in its early phases, but. This is a this is a pretty big confirmation that they're starting to do something. Yeah. So is it a trilogy or a single project? Because I I might be misremembering, but did I say did I say trilogy? I meant movie. Okay. I meant one film. Sorry. So I'm scrolling also because I again there's been so many rumors and news drops that have happened, but is this the project that was supposed to be apparently supposedly taking place like post sequel trilogy? Um, I believe that that is that is part of it. Yeah, I think that's what they that's what they're speculating. Okay. Um, it's either this one or the one that we'll talk about later. Sure. Uh, with with Sean Levy, but yeah, they there's there's a rumor going around that this is this is really unconfirmed. Uh, but there's a rumor going going around that that one of these new projects, um, is going to you know have some sequel characters in it 
sequel, mm-hmm. sequel trilogy characters. Yes. And we might as well say this now, too. Sean, Sean Levy, who is uh, directing Deadpool 3, um, he is in talks, according to Deadline, to direct a Star Wars film. So lots of, lots of movement on that front. My guess for that one, Mike, is that Sean Levy will direct the Kevin Feige movie that Michael Waldron is writing. That's possibility. Uh, Hollywood Reporter actually points out that Disney has untitled Star Wars features slated for December 2025 and December 2027. Not sure if the Kevin Feige one would be one of those. I think that you, you might be on the right track with the whole Sean Levy, Kevin Kevin Feige kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um that's, yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, which is nice, you know, because I think we were supposed to be getting when that initial like Investors Day announcement of movies happened. I think what was Rogue Squadron originally this Christmas or next Christmas? I forget. Um, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but you know, then COVID happened, and then things shuffled around, and Ryan Johnson's busy making Knives Out movies. So the the return of Star Wars. In movie theaters has been delayed and honestly mike i'm glad it got pushed out further because i think we need more time away from these and by 2025 i think we'll all be ready and very happy to get another movie for star wars you know great man agreed uh, it's interesting the choices that they're going with i think damon lindelof is a good choice obviously sean levy is a good choice mm-hmm um so i'm excited to see what they what 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 happens with these there's always the possibility that things don't don't work out Mm -hmm. as as we would we would know (laughs) yes uh because it's happened many many times especially with star wars projects Uh you can't get you can't get too attached um Mm -hmm. i mean with these two projects though just like hearing the way that they're being spoken of right now uh compared to like hot off rise of skywalker being like Patty Jenkins is making an X-Wing movie and Taika Waititi is making some movie and Kevin Feige is going to do one. Like those kind of felt like the ink is not even dry yet. We're just like saying these things to announce them. And, you know, like there's obviously passion behind them, but these two things really feel like at the point in time we're hearing about them right now. And the fact that we're what a little under three years out from seeing supposedly this next star wars movie in december 25 like i don't know i i feel confident that these are probably going to happen especially if the sean levy one is going to be the feige one which i think a long time ago we both thought was going to be like end of the decade so yeah uh and it's very possible that that would be like the one for 2027 which is you know five years away so Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty it's a long time but um that would be my guess out of these two i think we'd probably get the the lindelof one first then the sean levy one after because i think deadpool is supposed to be 24 deadpool 3 is coming out in uh like september october 2024 so yeah it's that's my guess and prediction on these things but yeah talent wise cool i really liked the leftovers season one i never watched beyond that but i heard great things about watchmen so yeah and i liked ms marvel a lot so yeah yeah watchmen was was incredible um leftovers from what i saw was pretty good too so yeah i'm you know and lost obviously like i i never watched lost but mm-hmm. 
obviously people love it and um yeah i'm excited for i'm excited for both of these man it's good news uh, i I'm, i feel like i'm personally ready to see another star wars movie in the theaters but mm. um it's good you know they're taking their time yeah i i think it's a good move the longer we wait the better in my opinion as of right now because we're still getting good stuff pretty much weekly so Uh, so let's get talking about some some more about the Mandalorian. There is a new trailer that may be dropping on Christmas, um, and I think I think that it was confirmed through like Disney Plus or something. Some other country, uh, you know, showed the release date for Mando season three. Uh, it said like coming February twenty twenty three. So uh, we may be getting a new trailer on Christmas, and from what we can tell, it will be coming out in February 2023. So that's pretty good. Yeah, reassuring, you know. Definitely. Um, the first trailer that they released was dope. So um, I'm just excited for more Mandalorian. I am too, but I feel like the bar now is quite high from me. Yeah, but don't you think that the Mandalorian has like kind of made itself as like its own thing? Like it's it definitely has for sure. And I it's... yeah, it's like Mandalorian as a whole falls under that like for me, Return of the Jedi Force Awakens vibe, where it's like this is just like warm, nice hot chocolate or soup or popcorn. You know, it's like a pleasant blanket that just came out of the dryer. You know, it's like, is it useful? Does it outstay its welcome ever? It doesn't outstay its welcome. It's useful for when it's there, but it's comforting. And that's about it. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like mac and cheese, right? It's a comfort. Yeah, that's better. That's a good example. <laughs> so, I mean, I love the Mandalorian. Oh, always have, too, yeah. always, always will. So I'm excited about this. Andor, Andor's really elevated Star Wars TV, though, to a different place, so. Yeah, much like comparing this analogy to uh, Episode 7 and or, you know. Yeah. The Last Jedi really <laughs> stepped up that trilogy. But what I'm... Um, I, I think... I don't need everything out of Star Wars to be and or, but like... Oh, definitely not. Mandalorian, I think, also has a, a an uphill battle for me where Season 2's finale was like wow they went for it and it landed and then yeah not backtracking that but like sort of kind of backtracking it honestly in like not even their own show with the book of Boba Fett. like yeah it lessens the impact of seeing those characters together again for me and it makes me wonder emotionally where we're going you know because like physically i know where we're going it's like su sweet that'll be cool to explore but like i was really blown away by that finale emotionally and uh i want that to mean something still and i don't know if it will i i am totally with you there i was like you know when grogu decided to go to mando i was like is that really the best choice because yeah. <laughs> like if it was inevitable could have done that in Mando, you know, because it because I've brought yeah. this up every time we talk about this, Mike. There are probably 45 year old dads out there 
that have been watching The Mandalorian did not have time or care for watching Book of Boba Fett. Exactly. Yeah. And then they see season three, episode one, they're like, oh, what? Yeah, they're like, why is, why why is, is the green kid here? You know, like, yeah. what happened yeah, to exactly. him? Did I dream that? Legit, though. No, yeah. you're totally right. Not everybody watched Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, clearly. Sure. Look at the numbers. That That is enough evidence for that. Yeah, that is for sure. Um, yeah, man. It's Still a, excited, though. I'm still excited. For, for people like you and me, it's... I don't know. I feel like it kind of just... It, it's like a comic book. Like, shit yes. just happens. Yes. Like, it, there's no explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Um... Anyways, um, I'm excited for that. February can't come soon enough. So hopefully we'll be seeing more of that very, very soon. Uh, and or season two. It's going to start filming in November. This this November, November 21st. So just a few days from now. Um, so I think we're still on track to be seeing that in 2024. I don't think we'll be seeing that. 2023 just because of tony gilroy i think he said that it took them like a year in post-production mm-hmm. for season one um so it'll be a while since we see season two but good to know that they're making progress yes if rumors are to be believed we will also be getting season two of rings of power in 2024 so i'm going to relive this exact same season of television in two years <laughs> and you know it's funny you say that because how's the dragon <laughs> We will not be getting House of the Dragon in 2023, but we will be getting it in 2024. Nice. So. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like its own like class. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, looking forward to that as always. Um, Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, however you say it, uh, teases a collaboration with Lucasfilm. It was literally like a 17 second video of the the Studio Ghibli, or it was the Lucasfilm logo, mm-hmm. and then it was the Studio Ghibli logo, and that was it. <laughs> so the funniest thing about this, Mike, because uh, for listeners, you might not have full context if you're not on Twitter. Twitter's falling apart currently uh, because yeah. anybody can buy a verification badge for $8, and then they can change if they prep it, they can change their name and icons and all that stuff to impersonate a brand. Uh, and like we got people out here pretending to be N- Nintendo, posting yeah. pictures of Mario, flipping people off. Um, I saw that. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So that's been our existence for the past three days. So I saw this pop up on my timeline, Mike, like 45 minutes after it came out. And I was like, what, what, the, what the hell is this troll? And then I, I saw a quote retweet being like, hey, this is real. I checked it like five times. It's it's real. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it is very cool. It's very, very cool. Um, they literally told us nothing, though. No, yeah. Uh, in fact, they didn't even really say that they're doing anything together. It's just the two fucking logos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, you fill in the blanks, but like... They really were light with the details, is my point. Yeah, so I've heard two extremes here uh, because friends of the show, Jack Martin, Omar Nakvi, both of them have much more experience than I do with Studio Ghibli. Um, both of them greatly enjoy them. Jack, stoked. No idea what it is. 
Omar a little disappointed because similar to Pixar, uh, they've always been like doing their own ideas, own things. And this collaboration it would be like if Pixar was like, we're making an MCU movie, um, which I understand. But yeah, I don't know the scope of this. Like you said, I have no idea what to expect out of this. Um, I think there's maybe some easy guesses, but where, where's your yeah. head at? I mean, obviously the easy guess is like, they're going to do something for visions, right? Like, mm-hmm. but I feel like we already got news that they're for visions season two, they're going to go outside of just like, you know, anime. Yeah. Which still bothers me a little bit. Um, like I, um, I, I feel like he could have done something else to just like the other cultures of the world and give them a group thing. Cause I, I do really appreciate the different styles that we got within just this one sect of animation, but Granted, many of those studios got multiple episodes and visions, so we could probably condense that down. But I did like having a full, what was it, eight episodes, ten? Yeah, I think it was like eight, eight, yeah, eight or ten. Um, uh, so there's that, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's probably where most people's heads are going. It's where right? mine did, uh, mine did, yeah. Yeah, um, but then there's also like, you know, you never know. Like, they could be doing... They could be like the studio that's doing like a new, like a new animated TV show or something. Who knows, right? Like I, I don't know. Yeah, or animated film. I think is also on the table because I'm not entirely sure what their track record is beyond films. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I think safe bet is either a feature or a visions episode or two. Would be my guesses. Yeah, I think you're probably right with the whole film thing, for sure. Yeah, which, yeah. hey, I'd love seeing it like a feature-length, 90-minute, two-hour, you know, Star Wars film in that style. That'd be great. Me too. Me too. Have you um, have you seen any Studio Ghibli movies? Do you have some favorites at all? Yeah, so I took an animation class in college, like a history of animation or world animation. I forget what it was. Um and I watched Grave of the Fireflies, which was incredibly depressing. Beautiful movie, but um, yeah, yeah, it was it was great. Very very sad, but incredible. So I'm excited for this. I know people love all of their films, basically. So yeah, I haven't seen many myself, but I really love Spirited Away. Oh sure. Um, I like My Neighbor Totoro is good. Mm-hmm. Nausicaa is, is probably one of my faves. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm excited. I haven't seen it, but I love the art for Princess Mononoke. Oh yeah, I I've never seen that movie either. Um, like that image goes hard, dude. Like the princess, I am imagine the princess and like the wolf with the knife. Like that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I I, I do want to watch that one. Um, And I also want to watch Kiki's Delivery Service. Never watched that, but... um, Mm -hmm. I think they're all on HBO. They all are on HBO. And like you said, Jack really loves these movies, so... Mm -hmm. He's probably probably like shaking his fist. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. Anyways, um, after that, we got a little bit of talk about... um, some some things you can buy or could buy. Uh, there were some new Fortnite skins, new Star Wars Fortnite skins. So yeah. thank you, Ninja, uh, for that. 
They looked uh, awesome, dude. I'm I don't think they're in the shop anymore, but they looked really great. It was Han, Luke, and Leia with different outfits. They look cool. Yeah, yeah. It was like I I, I did log into check and I didn't have enough like V bucks and I was like I don't feel like dropping money right now. I'll come back and I never did. But you could get Han and he came with the Millennium Falcon as a back bling, which was funny. Um, and you could get him in his New Hope fit and his return of the jedi fit which apparently the only differences are his pants one was like teal and one was brown and then you could also for han have the endor like general solo trench coat camo look which was very cool but that, that's what i thought you were talking about when you said return of the jedi look i was like thinking of endor yeah. Han. yeah apparently not i don't think there's an empire rep in that skin set but uh Luke also had like uh, his New Hope look, uh, end of Return of the Jedi, and then beginning of Return of the Jedi. So hood, cloaked Luke, and just Jedi Luke. And I think Leia was um, the Princess Four look and the Bounty Hunter one. I forget what the Bounty Hunter's name is, but Uh, Bosch, Bosch, or whatever. Yes, I was gonna. I was thinking that sound, but I was like, it's not Bosk. Bosk is the lizard. Yeah, it's like B O U S S H or something, or B O U S H H or something like that. Two two letters. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, pretty cool. Um, I don't play Fortnite. Every every once in a while, you know, jump in, but uh, yeah, shame a shame that you 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 didn't you didn't capitalize on that though, Christian. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll come back. They will absolutely come back. I'll probably buy them then when I uh, grind out a season of Fortnite again because I've been taking an off season for this one. So there you go. Uh, and also in the category of things you can buy, uh, Hasbro Black Series. We got some interesting new ones. Um, Knights of the Republic related, actually. Uh, so they are coming out sometime. In spring, they say spring 2023, but if I know Hasbro, they mean spring 2024, baby. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Darth Revan and Bastila Shan, and they look amazing. They look super cool. Did you see these, Christian? I did, yeah. They look great. Are you going to add these to the collection? Dude, you know I've already pre-ordered. Hell yeah. You know I've already pre-ordered. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your review in three years. Yeah, thank you. They They... Yeah, Hasbro really sucks at like sticking to like what they when they say things are gonna come out. Um, but anyways, they look amazing. You can pre-order them right now. Uh, Bastila's got her like double-bladed lightsaber, um, which I guess is the first yellow lightsaber in the Black Series line ever. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, Ma- on Darth Malak, you can like open up his his mask and like see the fact that he has like no lower jaw. <laughs> That's cool. Um, interesting. So, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Can't wait for a year. Hell yeah. No. Two years from now, five years from now, who knows? Anyways, let's get into the real meat and potatoes here. As if I, we didn't just spend like the last hour talking about news. But uh, let's talk about episodes six through ten of Andor. Um, I think it's, I think it would be good if we just talked about this on a high level, Christian, I first. Agree. and. And then we we just you know talk about our feelings of the show overall. Um, so spoilers up until episode ten of Andor, which is the most recent one. Um, 
you know, we get to see a little bit, we get to see a lot more about Mon Mothma and how she's navigating the political landscape of this this era. Um, we're, we're learning more about Luthen and Clea, who's like his uh, shop um, attendant, um, and their role in everything. Looks like him and Mon Mothma really aren't on the same page. Um, and Mon Mothma is sort of becoming aware that she's going to have to sacrifice some of her morals, I think, to to get the job done. Mm-hmm. AKA, you know, she's got to have to be a little bit more okay with death and stuff. Um, while, you know, Luthen is definitely not wary to that at all. Mm-hmm. When it comes to when it comes to Andor, uh, we see the final the finality of the Aldani um, base mission, which is awesome. We get to see the Eye, we get to see them take a bunch of money from the Empire. Uh, but you know, Andor, in his Andor ways, basically immediately gets <laughs> imprisoned by the Empire on Narkina Five, which is a prison planet where they're making. Looks like something for the for the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure if it's fully a prison planet, and um, yeah, they they work there for a while, three episode arc, um, and eventually escape by having this big, you know, big fight. <laughs> yeah, I love a good prison break. And Mike, I was gonna say, uh, I would fully believe that that is a full prison planet with the way that star wars handle things like that area existed to be a commentary on the prison industrial complex and yeah yeah uh we have a planet that is ice and a planet that is city you know so like that is that planet (laughs) you know like i'm sure (laughs) yeah yeah you're right (laughs) i don't think you get more like ham-fisted on the nose when you write it down on paper than star wars and prison planet i think is like that seals the deal like that's perfect you know like i would i I would be willing to bet that that is just that planet (laughs) no totally um yeah that that plays pretty scary um you you can get like electrocuted basically if you're not wearing like special boots and that's like how they how the guards how the empire you know keep everybody and all the prisoners in line looks like they're creating something for the death star that's what a lot of people are saying but Mm. it's kind of hard to tell um, and it doesn't really matter, I don't think, um, because the whole thing is just a commentary on, you know, sh- it, like you said, the military industrial complex, number one, mm-hmm. but also just within the Star Wars universe, kind of like take away, take away whatever commentary it's making on our current social climate. Um, Deep, you know, they're just pol- systems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, that. Uh episode like the episode where casting got arrested that was like a straight up racial profiling you know yeah straight up um Uh, but yeah definitely definitely showing that like the empire is um kind of kind of a deeply flawed deeply flawed organization and institutions that they create are mm -hmm. also by nature extremely flawed um yeah man and something we talked about with the first couple episodes that i just keep thinking every single time I sit down and watch, like, when credits hit every week, and um, just listening to what you just laid out for what we're getting caught up on, right? It, I think the biggest compliment I can give to this show is one that we've already given it, but I'll say it again. It's making the Empire, like, actually scary. You know? Yeah, 
totally totally like scary in their like bureaucracy and honestly just like their their banality like they're so boring Mm -hmm. but like they're scary in their boringness (laughs) like yeah it's like they view people as data and some data is not valuable to them and it's like very real you know so we talked about it before where it was like darth vader is like jaws scary this is like shit scary you know like that's what i think the show is doing so well um and i can't give them enough credit for that because i've never been like intimidated by the empire ever i don't think yeah exactly um well it's also funny it's just like i i I don't know like (laughs) they're really doing a lot when it comes to like using this to talk about like what's happening in our society right now. And, and, and I appreciate the fact that they're not straying away from that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel like a lot of times like, and they're like really leaning into it. Like, it's like, it's like the whole point of the show basically. Um, and I, I just love that because there are probably a lot of people who are like not watching the show because, you know, they don't want it to be, you know, the, the woke, the woke mob got them again, you know? Yeah, but I I just appreciate how they're just not backing down from that and just telling it like it is. Yeah, I like that too because that's what I think Star Wars is supposed to do. You know, that's what it was originally supposed to do. I think in this modern era, in my opinion, I think the only thing that's ever like approached having that sort of discussion around it is the Last Jedi with some of the ideas they bring up. And yeah, here it's like all over the place. I think with the Last Jedi, that was like an underlying theme to it and it was obviously very focal when they go to um canto bite but here it's like that's what this show is that's the purpose of this from the characters their motivations their dialogue with each other consequences like all of that is deeply rooted and reflective of like i'll say global politics but because of how big america is like it's american politics um and that is very representative of Star Wars from day one with what Lucas has talked about that being. And like you said, I've even seen people, uh, you know, the individuals you were describing being like, well, he didn't really mean that the Empire was the American Empire. It's like, no, look at the Cameron video where he's talking to James Cameron. He yeah, outright yeah. says it. So like, <laughs> um, it's just refreshing and is riveting as well for a character who we know the fate of which for both of us we've made clear that it doesn't deter this like enjoyment of the show for us but i think that's another thing i've seen people say we're like well i know cassian dies it's right like, okay. so it's like it's like so what's the point of watching it yeah it's you like, watch the you watch the prequels and lost your fucking mind over obi-wan you know he gets murked in his first film he appeared in like yeah exactly miss me with that complaint please <laughs> like it's it's so tired it's honestly, it's kind of like a self-report too. It's like, oh, I can't like, I can't like make, I can't compartmentalize my mind when it comes to art and stuff like that too. You know, it's like, come on, man. Just, uh, you know, you, you just don't think about it. Like, it doesn't really matter. It's telling it, it's telling an interesting story. Like it's telling an interesting story about a guy. Mm-hmm. And so just let it happen. Yeah. And I know there's like parts of the Star Wars fandom that like, really care about like the mystical side and the Jedi and the force. And like, that is the thing they get out of star Wars. So 
do I think that they would like be in the wrong for skipping the show? Not really. Like I like all of Star Wars, so and I really love the political side of Star Wars, so um I find that more interesting than Pew Pew Laser Swords, but like I I I think there there is a very justifiable person who doesn't have interest in the show, but I think the majority of it is like what you're talking about where it's like, okay, cast is full of people of color. They're making some very bold claims about things that these people might not be comfortable talking and thinking about. And if you look at the numbers, I think there was a report that like Tales of the Jedi has more demand on Disney Plus now than Andor, which is a shame. No disrespect to Tales of the Jedi, but yeah, this show's killing it. It's my favorite thing Star Wars has done since... Since who knows, honestly. <laughs> Sith? I don't know, man. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, it's it's really up there, man. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's it's not for everybody. Not everything is for everybody. So if you dislike, it, you know, if you're more into what you were describing than, and you don't you don't care for the show, that's fine. It's more of the people who are like, yeah. you know, hating on it for the for the extremely wrong reasons. Yeah, um, I, I do recommend if you are somebody who's really enjoying it and your friends just won't listen to you really try and sell them on just watching the first three episodes. Cause you can sell that as a movie. Um, Oh yeah. 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 And if that doesn't hook them, at least they tried it. Cause I do think that is like the best way to pitch this show for people who may be on that. Like, well, I really just prefer the, the Jedi stuff. And I liked that there was some element of that in rogue one, but like if you get them on those first three, it's just a great package to throw at them. And I think at least trying it is the best you can do if you're just a casual Star Wars fan, for sure. Definitely. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about just like our personal opinions on, you know, some of the, the main story things that happened. Um, and so I'll pose a question to you, Christian. Um, which did you prefer? I guess. Uh, and, and if there is no answer, that's fine, too. Uh, did you prefer the whole, like, heist thing on Aldani? Or did you like the the slow burn and then the eventual crescendo of Narkeen of Five uh, more? I just, I just think that both of them are just really interesting arcs. They both have, like, things that really shine about each of them. But they are, they are like, very much different. Um, in, in a pretty critical way, I think. I love both. You know I love a heist. However, Prison Break is in that Venn diagram of heists, of things that I really love, Mike. So, Okay, all right. Uh, what, what's the name of the planet? Sorry. I think it's Narkina 5. Narkina 5, I'm going to lean on that arc. And again, I loved the Aldani one. That was beautiful. I was surprised at the emotion I felt when the kid died. Um, I forget his name, but uh, Anemic, I think was his name. Anemic. Anemic, yeah. yeah. Um, really loved that arc. I loved like the pilgrimage stuff, the the Eye of Aldani that was really well done, the, the escape at the end. Um, it did remind me, because I was playing through... Uh, red dead 2 during this time period and there's a couple sequences in that game where you have to like rob a bank and it's like hey the law is here we gotta go you gotta leave some of this money behind and i was like they left so much in that vault but i get it you know you gotta go you gotta <laughs> yeah. go yeah um 
But yeah, I, I'm leaving the the prison arc, and it sounds like you are also. Um, I don't know, man. I I really like the um, I really liked the the heist arc, like mm. you know everything about it from like, you know the very beginnings of it all and everything. But yeah, I think the prison one is just more, there's more substance to it when it comes to themes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the action of like the the heist but the prison break i think was really it engaged your mind and and i appreciated that um and also this last episode where they all break out essentially was awesome <laughs> yeah plus i think in terms of the character and the show and what we talked about with cassie and up to this point like it like this is the arc that's really gonna put a fire under his ass to be like okay I'm going to go on that path to be the Cassian that we met at the beginning of Rogue One. Yeah, this is his beginning to, you know, Captain Cassian Andor Rebel Intelligence, you know, mm-hmm. like that's like he's really if this is going to change him, he's going to buy into to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is going to be probably the most important span of episodes in the show is my guess. When we yeah. look back on season one and two, I'll make that claim right now. Wow, that's a big claim. Even before knowing anything about season two, yeah, incredible. I, again, <laughs> most important. I'm not saying it's going to be the best. I think they could probably still outdo this, but in terms of what the purpose of the show is about, like ground level, this is the beginning of the swell of the rebellion, and specifically within this character, I think this is like the breaking point. Whatever uh, saying you want to put in there, like this is the moment. Turning point, if you will. Sure. Um, yeah, it just makes me wonder, like, where we're going next. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at the at the end of this episode, uh, this past episode, we see Melshi, which is really fun, actually, to see Melshi from uh, Rogue One and Cassian. Uh, you know, escaping their prison, basically, um, and we also see Luthen Rail go off on a. Um, imperial imperial uh isb agent who's like in league with them and yeah it's just interesting i don't know what's what's going on what's going to happen next because it looks like the whole plot that uh luthan was bringing up and everything has been thwarted in some ways and like he he knows a lot about what the empire is trying to do so like i don't really know where we're going from here but i'm excited regardless yeah, me too, because like we have two episodes left, right? Um, and I thought it was interesting, and I appreciated that uh, this previous arc kind of bled into the four episodes instead of three, like the first two. Um, so I think the final two, I imagine, will probably just have some cleanup on some of the loose threads of this season that maybe they don't want to carry into season two. Like I imagine there's probably going to be some resolution with some of the characters who have been a conflict for Cassian in these last two episodes. But um, yeah, I'm like you. I really don't have much of a prediction in terms of what's left. Um, and I'm trying not to think too hard about where season two could go because I'm just really enjoying what we've seen so far. And I hope and believe, honestly, that they're going to... could Like these last two episodes, I think, are going to live up to the previous ten. Yeah, I think I think you're you're definitely right. Um, 
I, I think it's interesting that they are leaning into the whole arc thing mm-hmm. where they're doing like four episodes, three episodes of just like one story. I think that's really good. Yeah, I think so too. Um, well, I, I, I did want to shout out actually. I really love Dedger Miro and Cyril Karn. Those, they, they honestly might be my favorite characters in the show. <laughs> I, they're just like, so scary especially dedra miro um like cyril karn's got this like incel vibe which mm-hmm. is like scary snivelly right? snivelly is my favorite word yeah he definitely snivelly yeah that mf snivelly af uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's also like totally like an incel and he's like stalking dedra miro and stuff it's like craziness i need him to uh, i need him to drop my queen yeah <laughs> literally um but yeah it's just like interesting those two characters their dynamic as like this continues to go on this they seem like they're they're destined to to become partners in in one way or another um although that hasn't happened yet um and like dedra miro is just like so bought into the fascism of it all (laughs) um and she's just like completely she just loves like exercising her power, basically, and I think that that's like super scary in and of its in and of itself. So, yeah, I I think they're very interesting characters. I think they're great villains, and I think out of the new era of Star Wars, I think they're probably some of the better villains that we've had. Um, yeah, you know, especially taking into account that they don't have lightsabers. I think it takes a lot for a Star Wars villain to be intimidating and not wield a laser sword. Um. In that I can't really think of many that are, but I no, you're right. You're yeah. right. <laughs> I imagine that the resolution of this season is going to be between those two characters, and I think it'd be very fitting if um both of the because Cassian's supposed to be a spy, right? He's not like this action hero, military man sort of thing. I think it would be beautiful if the resolution of season one of Andor is these two angry, hateful, obsessive, fascist empire employees are their own undoing. Like the two of them just like rotting away at each other and then their existence and like friction together is the reason that they fail. Because I think that would just be very nice and Cassian does not have a direct... um like kinetic um like thing to play in their downfall if that makes sense no totally yeah he's not like actively involved in it but like yeah yeah because of symbolic him, level. But yeah 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 um now i i find that interesting do you think that they aren't going to make it until like season two do you think that they're going to be, you know, expendable at the end of the season? Or do you think they have some longevity in that sense? I could see it go either way. But this is where I said I'm not trying to think about season two that much because we know the structure. Uh, I feel like we're going to be hopping around a lot more in season two with like different periods of time. And I don't know if it makes sense to have like if we jump across like three years across the next 12 episodes in season two. If it's like Dedra has been tracking him that for like five years at this point and keeps slipping through his fingers, like I don't know if they would go that path. 
And I do think it would be also very tight and neat if they get wrapped up in season one personally. But how do you feel? No, I think I, I agree with you. I'm not I, like I like like you said, I'm not trying to think about it either way because mm-hmm. we don't really know how this is going to end. Um, we not really even sure of the direction of the next two episodes. And that sounds like a bad thing, but it actually is a pretty good thing, I think. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't know. I I I could see it going either way. I don't really have an opinion mm-hmm. or a pref or a preference. Um, I just I I think those two actors are just like really re- phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So like in a way, I kind of want to see them continue on. But mm-hmm. for a first season villain, you know, it would it would be nice if it wrapped up in one season then next season you know the stakes get higher or something yeah like i could very easily see them uh continue if they wanted to uh if the writers wanted to bring them into the next season but i think for what the show is doing so far and just like what we know season two is going to be ramped up like cassie is probably going to be full spy mode season two so like for the show to reach a satisfying conclusion, I feel like they both have to fail. And I don't see a world where the two of them also rise up in their careers to match Cassian when he does his, you know, step up in season two. So my logic brain is telling me that, yeah, they're going to be done. They're toast by the end of the season. Dead, fired, whatever. Um, I don't know. but Yeah. I think if anybody has a chance of making it to season two, it would be Dead Dramira. Sure. Um, you know, just by virtue of her position, I think she could probably remain relevant. But Cyril, I'm sorry, bro. Sure. It's just not not looking good for you. <laughs> Blame it on Karn, maybe. And then she still gets promoted or something. Yeah, I, I think that it's possible that like, yeah, she she like backstabs them or something like that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, do you have any thoughts on Mon Mothma, that whole thing? I, I find that really interesting. Uh, she's like trying to to bring people into her side. She's you know working with Luthen, but doesn't really know entirely what Luthen's up to, and he's doing some shady shit that she's not necessarily down with. But Luthen's like, you gotta become down with it if you are legit about this. Did you um, see maybe a month or two ago? Tony Gilroy was like, Mon Mothma is Nancy Pelosi. I did not see that, but that's so funny. Well, he did say that, and Mike, I see it because of exactly yeah. what you're saying. Like, except, except Nancy Pelosi, I feel like she'd I feel like she she'd kill somebody. <laughs> maybe. Well, I mean, I mean, from the angle of like, it's it's like okay, it's very by the book, very afraid to like do what the cause needs you know it's like yeah, yeah 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 i i think having that type of character here having to face the reality of the situation that luthan is spearheading whether his actions are justified or not is i guess dependent on the person but it's an interesting critique and i really think it was a good decision for her character because i'm enthralled every time she's on screen and the conflict that she's going through I mean, it's like Andor, right? Like, we know where she ends up, right? She ends up being the leader of the militant rebellion. Yeah. So, like, she ends up becoming cool with all of the shady shit at some point. But it's cool to see her, like, you know, come to grips with the fact that, like, if I'm going down this path, I'm going to have to sacrifice, you know, some of my morals Mm -hmm. to get the job done. 
Um, and that's kind of like how we left off episode 10, too, where uh, Luthen kind of like outlines that whole thing when he's talking to his turncoat ISB agent and the ISB agent's like, what did you what have you given up? And he's like everything like my sanity, like mm-hmm. a chance at love. Like he's he's already accepted what Mon Mothma has not. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see her kind of like get to that point. Yeah. So I have a lot of faith in season one of the show wrapping up in the next two episodes, man. Um, I just, Me too. I hope season two can match it is my, my thing. I think. Cause this is yeah. incredible. I hope so too. And I hope that the end of season two is just like low key. Like he just ends up at the, uh, ring a Catherine or something and just like picks off picks up exactly where rogue one starts sure you know like that's like kind of what i want i just kind of want this energy to continue on for like another season he finds k2 whatever mm-hmm. and then like yeah it just ends that i feel like that would be perfect yeah so i'm just enjoying it because i do think personally this is my favorite thing that star wars has done like i said in a long time i i we got to see how it wraps up, but I could see a world where I put it higher than any of the movies that they've done. Um, yeah, I definitely possible. like it more than Mandalorian. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. I kind of forgot about Obi-Wan yeah. in this conversation, but I like it more than that. <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> no, no hate to Obi-Wan, but yeah, I, I do like that. I like this a lot more. Than yeah. Kenobi was a gift. It was a nice gift. It was like, oh, nice. Thank you. I was waiting for that. But this right. is like, wow. I really love that I got that French press for Christmas, you know, because I use it daily <laughs> and it, it gives me energy. It gives me life. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm just like super excited whenever, you know, whenever it's like a Wednesday and I'm like, cool, I get to go home, get home from work and just like watch this like really quality Star Wars TV show. Mm-hmm um it just brings me a lot of joy i've been loving it um i can't wait for the next two episodes i I have a feeling it's going it's going to end pretty strong so yeah i'm excited man me too and um damn there's one more thing i was gonna say i forgot what it was anyway yeah show's great (laughs) oh i remember uh i really wonder what it would be like to binge this because we talked about those first three episodes as a single drop and it was excellent. So I wonder like how it would be just to watch each arc in like, I'm going to go out. I'd go out on a limb and say probably better. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Um, kind of like kind of annoying that we have to like wait so long in between episodes because like, you know, it it took three weeks to get through the whole like Narquina five thing, you know? Mm. So like, it would be nice to just <laughs> be able to watch it all in one sitting. But at the same time, that's the magic of, you know, television these days or, you know, just television in general. So, mm-hmm. but I would love if they took a page out of the occasional book that Netflix opens where they drop in batches. I'd be cool with that, I think. But I don't know if I would be personally. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of I kind of don't like the whole like just release a bunch of episodes at once. I feel like it takes the, the fun out of it. But that's just me personally. Yeah. I, I think if this show was not arc based, 
then I would be fully with you. Like Stranger Things, yeah. I didn't need them to break it up like that. But if it was like first week was three episodes, second week was three episodes, this last one was four, and then finale night is two episodes. Like I, if it means we get it all done faster and it works, I'd be cool with it. But I don't think they yeah. do that. No, I, I see what you mean. That would be interesting. But yeah, they're not going to do that. <laughs> no. Be thankful right, for well, your movie premieres. That's what you get. Three episodes. Exactly. Basically. Um, all right. Well, we've been going for a while. We've talked about a lot. Uh, Christian, is there anything else that you'd want to bring up? I think that's everything. Um, there's two episodes of Andor left. Like we said, high expectations, high hopes, high faith as well. So high faith, high faith. Feeling good. Uh, I agree. Uh, can't wait to come back next week. We'll talk about Tales of the Jedi, hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll talk about episode 11 of Andor and any other news that breaks in between now and then. So, uh, Christian, why don't you take us out to see? Sure thing. Mike, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike P. Connors. Very nice. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, everything at Chun2D2. You, uh, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just look up Jedi Knights without a K. That is Jedi Knights, no K. Or look up Joy Clicks. You will find it on there as well, along with all the podcasts we produce. If you want to support the show, free and easy way to do so is sharing it leaving a little review blurb, leaving a five-star rating if you can on your given platform. And if you want to support the shows further, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers. Five bucks will give you producer credit on every show we produce, like Aaron Easton and Jose Garcia. So thank you very much. And that is Jedi Knights for the week. Good to be back, Mike. Always a pleasure. Yes, as always, man. Love it. Absolutely. And until next time, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Oh, yes, 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 you're right. Beep is up.